Robert Mabbott is what you might call a poacher turned gamekeeper. A one-time Racing Post betting shop manager of the year, he changed tack to join a gambling-related harm charity following a family tragedy. Now at Better Change, he told me how the industry can take the initiative and harness positive play to create a safer environment for those that like a bet. Rob, you and I first talked about seven years ago now. Um, You've just been crowned betting shop manager of the year, as I recall. Now, you'd expect someone who wins an accolade like that to have been in the industry for years, uh, decades even, maybe. But remarkably, you'd only been in for about just over a year, I believe. How did you get your start and, and how did you rise so quickly? It was 2012 when I joined the industry. I just started as a cashier. It was a stopgap. It wasn't really meant to be permanent. In terms of the award, it was a massive, massive honour. And there was no sort of big secret to it, really. It was it was about customer service. It was about bringing great customer service into the betting shops and talking with the customers about the betting, obviously, but all the wonderful hypotheses they have around sporting events. You know, the times before the start of a Premier League season or before a big festival like Cheltenham was wonderful. You'd get all these ideas around what's going to happen, all these strategies, and, and then you'd watch it all play out. It was a wonderful environment to be in, thoroughly enjoyed it, and, and what an amazing springboard it is for, for someone's career. One thing that marked you out, and you've talked about it there, Rob, was your interaction with and your understanding of customers. I guess that's both good and bad. Now, responsible gambling was central to that, and you more than most know what it's like to be on the wrong end of addiction and, and problem gambling. Can you share with us your own experience and what prompted you to move into the charitable sector? I understood customer service and I, I understood gambling as well uh, as someone who'd, who'd gambled previously. And a, a fundamental part of delivering a great customer service is, is making sure your customers are okay. So when it came to the, the, the topics of responsible gambling, safer gambling, player protection, all of these names we have for it, for me, it was, it was just checking in. It was, it was making sure people were happy, they were okay, they were comfortable with what they're doing. And, and sometimes it could be something as little as helping them out with a bet that maybe they weren't aware of or, or struggling with or didn't fully understand the game to help them play more effectively. Sometimes it would be more of an intervention because their play had maybe become out of control or there was something else going on. While all that was happening, and it was it was during 2015, actually, so it was, it was kind of during the time I was transitioning to a manager and, and the career was going well, my cousin James passed away and it became knowledge later on that it it, it passed away because it had taken his own life we had no idea what led to that what what it caused so as you can imagine throughout the family there's this this huge burning question of of why and it, and it was a huge shock but the response was very positive we learned a lot about men's mental health and as, as it turned out it's one of the biggest killers of men under 40 and we did a lot of campaigning around that at a similar time, in fact, it was the same year, later on in May 2015, my mum passed away and my dad was was very ill. Both of them, as you said, had been struggling with their own addiction and, and, and mental health issues. They were both in hospital. My mum never came out of hospital. My dad did. He lived with us for a year. We got him back on his feet. He, he was healthy. He always said that he'd take me for a day at the races one day because it was a fantastic thing to do. So imagine his delight that during the year of 2016 and 2017, when I was wearing that crown, I got to go to some pretty bloody good race days uh, at Ascot and York and, and, and such like. So we, we got our day at the races. But sadly, he became ill. He had cancer, passed away in, in 2018. 
you know, we've got some great time with him, some some fantastic memories. But this made me think very differently, you know, that, that big burning question of why, what could be done. And because of some of the events that I went to, one of them being Ice London, I met with a number of charitable organisations. It was the first consumer protection zone, I believe, in 2018. In 2017, I was there, but they were just sort of in, in corridors. So um, an amazing movement that, that, that it had its own area in this show. And I was talking to a few people around maybe working in that space for me personally, to understand more about mental health and, and addiction. And I spoke to the team at Gordon Moody, spoke to Adele Duncan, who was the, the CEO there. And a job came up a little bit later to be an operational manager running the Gambling Therapy Helpline, which was an international helpline for, for anyone around the world struggling with gambling issues. And it was an amazing opportunity because I brought my little black book in terms of my industry contacts. You know, Gordon Moody was very much funded through industry donations which you know it's which which still happens today and I got to do a number of of courses and training and and gain some invaluable experience in terms of addiction in terms of mental health in terms of the impact of trauma on people's addiction so the transition was was just an amazing opportunity you know better change can you tell us a bit about that organization what it offers who it works with and what it's looking to achieve Better Change was set up by Victoria Reed, a former Betfreder like myself. And when, when she founded the organization, I think it's approaching its, its third year, Vicky reached out and we had a chat and she talked about safer gambling, but through the aspect of positive play, through the aspect of the consumer, what that meant to the consumer, how playing safely, how staying in control of gambling, how that affected the consumer, rather than the current situation of these these elements being dictated to, you know, you will only play to a certain limit, you will only play for a certain time, you can only spend X amount on these products, we're going to ban XYZ to try and protect people. And this was more about empowering people, educating people, giving them choice, and allowing them to make informed decisions around their gambling. And it also, because we were industry bods, you know, we'd, we'd be there and worked in in different guises within the industry. We were aware of the commercial objectives of the gambling industry that you can't just spend a, a load of money trying to get people to stop using your product. It was a kind of cutting your nose off to spite your face mentality. So what we tried to bring is that blend of the commercial, but also the customer care. It was what I was talking about when I was working as an operator about customer care being fundamental to good business. Vicky saw that with Better Change. And over a couple of years, we talked more and more. There was a number of projects which weren't suitable from a treatment provider point of view at at Gordon Moody. When you work for Gordon Moody, you represent the the people that you, you serve. And that's absolutely right. So when we were talking about commercial objectives, how to continue betting safer, how to make betting sustainable, that wasn't appropriate with a treatment charity such as Gordon Moody, because that is about abstinence. That is about stopping betting and removing something that's harmful in your life from your life. So eventually I kind of asked to come on board and I was absolutely delighted. We had a few conversations and it it came to pass that in, in May this year, I joined Better Change very much to pick up from where I left off in the industry, but also impart some of the knowledge of gambling harm that I've gained at Gordon Moody. And and, and that combined with a, a number of industry experts and people that have been in and involved with, with education, with online, offline industry at Better Change to try and offer a bit of a different narrative, maybe disrupt the, the landscape a little bit. That's an interesting approach. Um, it seems to me that you're coming from the other side of the coin and the lived experience as as a a phrase that is well known these days and the last thing I want to do is belittle gambling charities and the sobering stories and the statistics that they bring out but 
do you find that this sort of positive approach, positive play, and, and you can't help but notice on your website the the hug, you know, the the big photo at the top and the and the, the positive play message. Is that easier? Do you think to get into the ribs of operators with if if you're coming at them from from their side of the the industry, if you like? I would like to think it, it has a strong appeal. I think it's a change of tack which is going to take some work to adopt. I absolutely the same as you, Robin. I don't I don't want to belittle the stories and the lived experience out there. Over the last decade, especially the last five years, I think some of the shared stories where people have courageously spoken out about their experiences has done an amazing amount of work in helping us to understand gambling harm. It's it's done a lot to help us inform treatment programs, raise awareness provide hope and inspiration for those that suffer themselves and are entering into recovery. It's done an amazing piece of work. But for me, this is about safer gambling, i.e. people are still gambling. We want them to gamble safer. And if I was someone who wanted to learn this, I, I, you know, I was interested in gambling myself, either offline or online. I wanted to learn about games. I'd like to learn from someone who was able to gamble well and, and, and gamble safely. And it's something I think we're a little apprehensive to talk about, maybe for fear of sounding uncaring or promoting the industry too much. But this is a well-regulated industry. This is a perfectly legal pursuit. And this is an absolute legitimate leisure spend for people. It's something that many, many people enjoy. You know, the, the vast majority of people gamble, gamble safely. And we want to empower them with the knowledge to to continue to do so. We're, we're as opposed to gambling harm as, as anyone. But this is trying to work on safer gambling before the horse has bolted, so to say. I've got a vested interest in this, as you know. Do you think we promote this sort of stuff well enough as an industry? Are we on the front foot enough? I don't mean being combative. I don't mean being aggressive. And I don't mean denying these problems that, that are very real. Could we be a bit bolder and a bit braver about how we present what we are doing well? We can. Uh, and, and I think there's a lot of showing you're working out here that is important. We have many, many people with lived experience of gambling that haven't actually experienced you know, severe harms or anything like that. We have people who enjoy gambling, but now and again may peer on something like a, a PGSI, a Problem Gambling Severity Index, because they might overdo it every now and again, but they'll revert to normal behaviours. I've chased a bet before, you know, I've, I've lost a bet on a Saturday afternoon and I've, I've had another bet to try and win back, but that didn't become habitual. It was it was just, you know, being being consumed in the event at the time. I think we need to promote the good work in the industry for a number of reasons. There's been an awful lot of money spent on the research, education, prevention, treatment of gambling harms. There's been a lot of investment from operators, regulators, game providers, various stakeholders in collaborating with bodies to try and combat gambling harm. But still, the reputation of the industry is poor. It's one that that, that isn't carrying a great deal of public favour. That's because a lot of the negative stories are, are, are big when it comes to news. We have to listen to them. There's a lot to be said for that. And, and as I said before, the education of, of lived experience is important. But we need to be showing what, what the industry does and what it does well. I, I'm a big believer that you can have a great career in the gambling industry. I'm, I'm having one myself. I, I would recommend to, to, to anyone that this is, this is a, a viable career path. And with, with great people working in an industry, proud of what they're doing, you were going to prevent a lot of the harmful stuff later on. The regulation of the gambling industry and the current path of which it's on, there's many people calling for prohibition of many elements of gambling. I think one of the latest ones is trying to ban various markets in play, such as cards, yellow cards in football and such like that. 
I, I'm not a believer in prohibition. I would much rather talk about education uh, and give people the power to make their own choices. If I teach you how a bet works, then you, you will have more insight into how to place that bet and be less likely to succumb to some of the pitfalls of playing in a, in a more volatile way, higher stakes, chasing losses, losing because you're playing you know, higher odds. You have a, a sort of honest and open approach, which I like, Rob, and, and some might say an outspoken approach. You've certainly been outspoken about the funding of problem gambling and the charities around problem gambling. This industry isn't short of cash, but is it always spent wisely? And do we need greater scrutiny of its charitable sector, do you think? Yeah, we do. It's not necessarily my opinion that matters here. I think I think the opinion that matters is that we're moving to a, a mandatory levy, which you know basically means that public money is going to be spent here in terms of treating gambling harm, preventing gambling harm. So the scrutiny is going to come. Whether I think it's something we should have, we shouldn't have, it's it's going to come. So, so organisations need to be prepared for that. Having worked in the treatment space, that absolutely needs to be a level of governance. You're dealing with people's lives here, you know, that there needs to be safeguarding procedures in place. So that there needs to be scrutiny. We need to be able to show the competence, that the treatment works, that it does good, that it provides that benefit, that return to society that treating gambling addiction does, and, and that the education and preventative work actually does go to prevent and educate people around gambling harm. I know that some of that money has been spent on explorative things. You know, we're, we're kind of at 101 when it comes to, to gambling addiction and understand how it works. I get that. But when I look at the money that's been spent over the last four and a half years, and we're talking about over £200 million here in, in, in what you call rec contributions, research, education, prevention, treatment, voluntary contributions for the industry. And we're talking about regulatory settlements from the Gambling Commission as an output of the settlements with operators. So we're talking about a lot of money. And we're in a position where those that provide that funding, the operators and such, aren't in a position where they're able to say where it goes. I get that. I understand that, that the industry maybe shouldn't influence where treatment money is spent, but they should be able to ask how that money has been spent to good effect.